are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Kate Madjuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Marcus Mosher. Follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Hit that subscribe button. Leave those five-star reviews wherever you listen to your podcast. Help uh, help anybody but your league mates win their <laughs> Dynasty Championship this year. Hopefully, we can help get you there. Marcus, how's it going? It's going really well, Kate. Today is the first day that we actually have training camp practices. The Cowboys and Steelers both have practices today, uh, which means we've made it. Football season is finally here. Uh, and speaking of the Cowboys, Kate, we're going to talk a little bit about them and their tight end situation. We're going to talk about some tight end situations that we need to monitor throughout training camp and preseason, some tight end battles. And let's start with the Cowboys because... This one is very interesting. Dalton Schultz, last year as the full-time starter in 15 games, finished as tight end 11, uh, which is very, very useful. But the Cowboys gave a long-term contract to Blake Jarwin. How do you see this tight end battle playing out there in Dallas? You know, I'm actually kind of concerned that both of these guys are going to become irrelevant. Uh, yes. And, and that's, yeah. that's the biggest issue. We saw some really... Uh, nice, promising things from Blake Jarwin. You mentioned the contract. But my concern is with the investments they've made into their receiving core, the, they're not going to need the tight end quite as much as uh, we would hope. I mean, Blake Jarwin had uh, two consecutive seasons of 300-plus yards, three touchdowns. That's mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, Blake Jarwin obviously uh, – or sorry, uh, Dalton Schultz obviously crushed those metrics. But – I do think when you look at the the wide receivers, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, they are stealing the show. Um, Do you think we're going to see either of these guys take over a position like a Jason Witten? Because I I can't envision that whatsoever. No, and I think it's unfortunate because I think if it was just one guy there, I do think that guy would be very relevant, like we saw last year with Dalton Schultz. Again, tight end 11, and that's playing only four games with Dak Prescott, playing with four different quarterbacks in his first year starting. But I would say this, Kate, if you are a dynasty owner needing a tight end, I would go out and grab Blake Jarwin. So he is the guy that the Cowboys gave a long-term contract to. Um, Dalton Schultz is a free agent after this year, as is Michael Gallup. So I think it's possible by 2022, he's the third most reliable player in this passing offense. And he's going as tight end 25. You can get him for nothing. And I would get him now rather than waiting two weeks when the first episode of Hard Knocks comes out. Because you know that's going to artificially boost up everybody's ADP. So I would go after Blake Jarwin right now. That's, I actually haven't thought about that. That sort of uh, hype, the TV hype, everybody does mm-hmm. sort of get excited. And they do such a great job on that show of finding like the under underdogs. And Blake Jarwin right now, he is an underdog after tearing mm-hmm. his ACL week one last season. He's still, uh, you know, in the sort of realm of recovery here. Says we should be ready to see him day one of training camp. Are we going to see him today? No, you won't actually. I don't. He. I'm not sure he's been cleared for full contact yet. But I think he's going to get there. Okay. Um. But it, it, I'm not really worried about it. Regardless, like he's going to be ready to go. Whether it's in 
you know, by Friday, uh, by next week, he'll be ready for the first preseason game. If they even want to play him, I think he'll be okay. Um, can we transition to a, a, a different one? And this one is far less exciting to me because old man Jimmy Graham is still there in <laughs> Chicago. I can't believe that the Bears brought him back. Um, he actually finished his tight end 13 last year, as annoying as it is. But we all know, know Cole Komet is coming. Whether he does it this year or next year, he's currently tight end 16. What are you looking forward to seeing in this tight end battle? So I think Cole Komet, uh, we've talked about Cole Komet before. I really like him. I think he so is going yep. to be the future of the tight end position there. But like you alluded to, I can't believe they did not move on from Jimmy Graham. They could have saved themselves a lot of money. But you know what I think is sort of one of the most intriguing aspects of this for, uh, let's say, a, a dynasty team ready to win now, uh, maybe like a tight end premium league. I do think Jimmy Graham's kind of interesting because you could probably send like a fourth round pick for Jimmy Graham in a tight end premium league. And you are getting a guy that literally ranked fifth among tight ends in red zone targets in the 2020 season. That's ridiculous. Literally mm -hmm. uh, led uh, tied for the most touchdowns among all tight ends, including Travis Kelsey, Robert Tunyon and Darren Waller, all of them including Jimmy Graham, had seven touchdowns on the season. It's not a pretty, not a pre, uh, like a pretty play there, but I do think that he's an interesting guy that if I'm in maybe like a two tight end league where, you know, the, the floor and the ceiling, it's, there's not a lot in between uh, for do you, those. Do you know what his uh, ADP is currently on Dynasty League football at tight end? Tell us. But he's not ranked. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's you can get Jimmy Graham for absolutely nothing. I, I'm looking at it right now. His his overall ADP is uh, 237. I'm looking at some trades right now. And again, you you mentioned it. You can get him for nothing. You can get him in a throw-in trade uh, as just the player that you're taking back to make the you know the trade even player wise. So I do think like he could finish as a top 20 tight end. It's just not all that sexy. It's not sexy, but I I. I'm going to sort of backtrack here instead of tight end premium, because the issue is going to be knowing when to start Jimmy Graham because he is so touchdown dependent, but two tight end leagues. I do think Jimmy Graham is probably one of the most interesting guys you could have on your roster as a tight end too, who just has, you know, just weekly touchdown upside because clearly they like him. And I, you know, some of those, those narratives that we get into our head, especially when it comes to dynasty, because we get so excited about the long-term mm -hmm. prospects about these guys. We forget about the year to come. And I do think the year to come is probably still going to be very Jimmy Graham focused. But I mean, let's pivot to Cole Komet because we've talked about his upside before. He's, he's a great athlete, um, you know, especially being tied potentially uh, or assumingly to Justin Fields for yeah, a nice yeah. amount of time. We That's a, a great upgrade in the offense. Now, where do you think we get to the point? Because we've, I, I feel like we've gotten hyped and we've gotten very excited about his ADP. Is there a point, like a tipping point right now where you say, okay, I'm not paying that for Cole Komet? Mm. What's your that's peak a good price? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think he's a value anywhere outside of the top 
eight tight ends. Like once you get past the Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard range of tight ends, that's where I think I, I'm good with it. Like if you want to talk to me about Cole Komet versus Janu Smith or Cole Komet against Irv Smith, I, I think you can make a good debate on each side. A- anything higher than that is just ludicrous because we don't know what his role is going to be. We don't know how he gels with um, Justin Fields. I'm still a fan. Uh, I still think he's going to be a very productive tight end in the NFL. I just don't know if he's ever going to get the volume to be, you know, to be a top seven, six tight end. I just don't see it coming. Plus, really quick, Jimmy Graham played Go basketball. On. I don't know if you yeah. you know that. <laughs> uh, just just because it's hilarious. Here's some Jimmy Graham trades uh, right now in Dynasty League football: a seventh round rookie pick, a fourth round rookie pick, a fifth round rookie pick. Jay Sternberger, oh man, poor Jay Sternberger, trade, trade for, for Jimmy Graham. Uh, Steven Sims, who is like the fourth receiver on Washington. Woof. It's, yeah, That's ugly. you can get, if your tight end situation is bad and you just need a guy who's going to be on the field, I think you can get Jimmy Graham pretty, pretty cheap. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk more about some other t- uh, tight end battles. But I want to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Kate, let's talk about the Patriots' tight end situation. So they signed Hunter Henry. They signed Jonu Smith. They took two tight ends last year in the third round, Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi. How do you envision this tight end situation playing out in New England? I think this is going to be very similar to the the kind of tumultuous situation that we get ourselves into with the running back position. Bill Belichick is not a man of many words, but we know he likes these guys. Uh, He's spoken very highly of Johnny Smith in the past. So um, Mm -hmm. you have to be very happy about just that aspect uh, in general. Johnny Smith, we know he's a freak athlete. He's a little overrated for fantasy, though. And I think we need yes. to, I need, I need just to address the fact that we keep waiting for the Johnny Smith breakout. And I think the issue is that we're not going to see a reliable enough target share to really have that breakout that we want. He has never exceeded 65 targets, which for the record, mm. Jimmy Graham had more targets last season. Jimmy Graham has not exceeded 448 receiving yards. He did have eight touchdowns, which brought him, uh, you know, closer to fantasy relevance. He, you know, he was still a tight end one last season, but he wasn't a a tight end that performed week in and week out. Uh, We go back to his performance, uh, you know, early in the season. He was very dominant in the first five games. Uh, But the issue came right, right around week five or so. The issue, though, is that uh, his struggles with fantasy sort of began popping up and becoming more relevant um, when we saw Taylor Lewan go down with injury. 
the whole narrative is that he spent more time blocking. So that's why you couldn't rely on him as a fantasy asset. He wasn't running more routes. It's literally not true. Uh, he was running more routes per game after that injury to Taylor Lewan. I, I just have to worry that we are going to see that same kind of inconsistency, especially with Hunter Henry, who has been uh, a bit of a pass-catching specialist in the Chargers offense. Um, I, I I really worry about Johnny Smith that we're still going to buy into the hype and athleticism, and we're not going to see that translate to fantasy production, even though there is opportunity for really any receiver to break out in this offense. So it sounds like to me that you would rather have Hunter Henry than Johnny Smith. Oh, I would. I, I really would. I think there's so, more PPR value to be had. <laughs> So what's funny is, according to the Dynasty League football and uh, their ADP, Hunter Henry is tight end 12 and Jonu Smith is tight end 13. So they're literally being drafted right next to each other. Um, you made the case against uh, Jonu Smith. I'm going to make the case against Hunter Henry. Um, this is somebody who has seen his yards per reception go down every single season that he's been in the NFL. He has not been the most reliable player. He's never played 16 games in his career. He's missed at least uh, two games um, in three or excuse me, four straight seasons. 2018, he didn't play at all. And it's not like Henry has been somebody who, when he's healthy, is a dominant fantasy player. He has his best season ever is 652 yards and five touchdowns. That's like exactly what Dalton Schultz did earlier that we talked about for the Cowboys. So I think that's kind of the peak of what you're getting when he's healthy. I just think Jonu Smith's ceiling is a little bit higher. This is the guy that New England targeted first. We've seen the Patriots use this type of player before really, really well with Aaron Hernandez, even a little bit with Martellus Bennett out of the backfield. I just think I, I feel more confident that Jonu Smith is going to get me 700 yards and seven touchdowns and stay healthy rather than Hunter Henry. I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I do think it's fair. But honestly, for their costs, we should probably be avoiding both of these guys. And it is such a bummer because I think on their own, if they would have been uh, separated in free agency, I probably would have been much higher on both of these guys. Um, but I think there is going to be a certain unpredictability to – that entire offense now does anything change for you knowing that uh mac jones is the future presumably presumably the future of that franchise yeah i mean i actually think that helps both tight ends because i think he's more likely to throw the ball underneath and get the ball out of his hands quicker i do think it helps maybe Janu a little bit but not enough that i'm flipping them in my rankings i i i do think once mac jones becomes a starter it's gonna help um i want to play a quick game with you kate Again, you like Hunter Henry better than Janu, but I'm just going to name some guys around Hunter Henry and just to see where you kind of rank him. So, uh, Evan Ingram or Hunter Henry? I'll take Hunter Henry. Okay. Mike Gusecki or Hunter, Hunter Henry, who we'll get to in just a sec. I will take Hunter Henry. Okay. Robert Tunyon or Hunter Henry? Oof. See, Robert Tunyon, I will say, out of all of the tight ends in the NFL – he might be like the one that I just struggle to rank overall. I agree. Um, he's I agree. he's such a tough, tough guy to grade because, I, I mean, we saw a breakout season. We saw all of that on the back of 
pretty much the most efficient career season that Aaron Rodgers will ever have. Um, mm-hmm. A, does Aaron Rodgers' efficiency continue? Maybe, but probably not quite to the degree that it did this season. But Robert Tunyon also was extremely efficient with his touchdowns. He was, I have to probably say Hunter Henry because I okay. I think I believe more in the consistency of volume. And I think we know what Hunter Henry is, which is like, a you know, a lower end tight end one. Robert Tunyon, I think he's either going to be a top tier tight end again, or he's... I don't really see there being a ton of middle ground. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. There's one more here that I want to mention to you because I maybe I'm just way off on this one, but Logan Thomas is currently tight end 15. Would you rather have Hunter Henry or Logan Thomas? <sighs> oh, this is hard. Um, oh, gosh. See, I don't feel like this one's that hard for her. I, I, I think, think Logan it's... Thomas is just a better player. Really? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think, I mean, we saw last year with how many different quarterbacks him, you know, produced very, very well. I believe he, I'm looking at it now, he was a tight end three last year. I'm actually pretty surprised. Like, I I think maybe from a production standpoint, like maybe this year you might see Logan Thomas outscore Hunter Henry. But I think I'm surprised at, at, uh, you know, that, that assessment from you just because, of the age difference. We didn't see a breakout from Logan Thomas until he was 30. And well, now- it's partly because he was playing, you know, quarterback for the first part of it. But can, let me just say this about Logan Thomas. What we saw in the last 11 games of the season was really, really good. He averaged over 51 yards uh, per game. He scored a uh, half a touchdown. And now you're getting Ryan Fitzpatrick, who typically does throw the, the ball to the tight ends quite a bit. I just think he's a much safer op- option because there's nobody to take away targets from him in that tight end game. I, I just think he's the the better player right now. So you're not sold at all on the fact that Hunter Henry is four years younger. I, I would feel better about it if he, if he was healthier, right? Because he's been so banged up. I just I don't think he's going to be a player that probably lasts a long time in the NFL. So for this for this reason, I think I'm. It doesn't matter as much to me about the age difference. Okay. Okay. All right, let's get to some more tight ends. Uh, But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action on Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Kate, let's run through a couple more of these that are maybe not as intriguing, but let's start with the Browns. Uh, Austin Hooper is the clear-cut tight end one there, but this is a team that uses a ton of two and three tight end sets. David Njoku versus Harrison Bryant, which one of these guys would you rather have going forward? I'll actually take David Njoku, and this is coming on the hope that we are going to see him depart from the Browns after the season, and we are going to see him maybe get some new opportunity in a fresh offense with, um, you know, just more targets available. This is Mm -hmm. at the heart of it. This is a run-first team. 
I'd rather take the player that's going to be departing and and maybe has that chance. I mean, David Njoku, you're looking at a, a very athletic former first round pick um, who has flashed. Um, we've seen plenty of flashes. He's had some issues staying healthy, but I mean, he's still he, he's still 25 years old. There's still a ton of upside there to be had. I'm I'm actually kind of interested in David and Joku. They just gave Hunt, uh, Austin Hooper just such a a heavy contract. Obviously, yep. we don't yep. know what's going with uh, we don't know what's going to be the situation with OBJ. But the Browns have so many playmakers, and they're not a passing team. Um, I just think there's so many ways that you can have these tight ends get lost in the game uh, through blocking, and it, I, I worry about that. Um, yeah, I, I just want the opportunity and the upside with David and Joku. I, I agree, and I think that Joku has one more year here left in Cleveland, then he'll be gone. Cleveland does have a lot of weapons, as you mentioned. Obviously, they have the two receivers in Odell and Jarvis Landry. They drafted Anthony Schwartz in the third round. That Donovan Peoples Jones played well last year, and then on top of that, like they have a fullback that they like to use a lot, Andy Jonovich, and they have. Uh, and then they have, you know, multiple tight ends between Harrison Bryant, Najoku, Austin Hooper, Steven Carlson, who played quite a bit. Um, it, it's just not an offense. It's probably going to be enough volume for either of these guys to produce. So I'd rather have the guy that's about to leave than the one who's going to be stuck in Cleveland for the next three years. Uh, this next one is really interesting to me, Kate, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Mike Gusecki last year played pretty well. He was a tight end seven. Uh, he's this big athletic slot tight end, but he is a free agent uh, after this year. The Dolphins did spend a third round pick on Hunter Long from Boston College, who I actually like quite a bit, especially as a blocker. How are you hoping this tight end situation uh, unfolds there in Miami? I think that uh, my hope is is that I'm taking any share of Mike Gusecki that I can get. And again, hoping that that translates to a new offense. The most beautiful part of Mike Gusecki is uh, just his overall athleticism. Uh, using the, the Rotoviz Prospect uh, Workout Explorer, love this mm-hmm. app. Got to try it out, guys, if you don't, uh, if you're unfamiliar. But they have so many great assets about the combine and, and all of those metrics. Listen to his percentiles <laughs> among, uh, among tight ends here. 40 or sorry in the 40 yard dash 95th percentile in the shuttle 98th percentile the cone drill 98th percentile the broad jump 98th percentile the vertical 100th percentile (laughs) this guy is a freak athlete and I do think that um you know his usage that we've seen has been encouraging so far for fantasy it hasn't translated to as much production as we would hope but you have to love, A, the player, um, but I, I think his usage so far has at least indicated to me that they understand that his biggest asset is as a receiver. Um, used very yes. little yep. as like a, um, a pass blocker. Used, I mean, I think he ranked around 50th in run blocking snaps among tight ends. He's not heavily used as a blocker, and that does produce a lot of upside for fantasy if he's utilized in a similar mechanism in another offense, I think we should hopefully see all of these things sort of come to fruition and see more of a complete fantasy tight end. 
I agree. I do think there's a potential for him to be a top five guy if he leaves Miami. I'm just not sure that's a, a great fit for him. Uh, I've got two more that I just want to mention really quickly, and please, please feel free to comment. Uh, my guy, Tommy Tremble in Carolina, he's kind of blocked right now by Dan Arnold, Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas. I don't love either of those guys. I believe Dan Arnold's on a one-year contract. The Panthers spent a third-round pick on Tommy Tremble, who very athletic, does not have a lot of receiving production, but just somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the awful, awful situation in, there in Carolina? Yeah, I don't. I'm not looking at Dan Arnold as as any sort of issue. When we are considering, you know, rookie tight ends, the only rookie tight end I think we've ever, ever really expected something from has been Kyle Pitts, who is like tight end, tight end one at this point. Um, I saw the other day that somebody offered Travis Kelsey for Kyle Pitts straight up. Interesting. And they were declined. They did not make that trade. So effectively you have somebody literally valuing him as the dynasty tight end one which is just so yeah. bonkers uh obviously generational prospect that just hasn't stepped on just the field oh no i'm, I'm just saying <laughs> i i never I, it's like i want to know what i'm buying into and i do know what we're buying into with kyle pitts but i just need to see a bite of it um but okay. it, this is the reason why i probably won't have many shares of kyle pitts because uh, okay. I'm a cheap, I'm a cheapskate. Um, so basically, you're just out on all rookie tight ends, including my guy Tommy Tremble. Yes, it's all right. but it's, it's okay. for this season, and I think uh, Tommy Tremble and that that narrative within the the Panthers' offense is pretty. I, I mean, nobody nobody's talking about Tommy Tremble despite all yeah. this opportunity. I was a big believer in Ian Thomas. I I was a huge believer in that breakout. Once we saw Greg Olson out with a foot injury, uh, we, we saw a lot of really great things from Ian Thomas. But despite the fact that, you know, he had been running roots, we, we didn't see that translate to fantasy no. success for a long time. Tommy Tremble, um, though I don't project much for this year, I don't think uh, I don't think, you know, Dan Arnold or Ian Thomas is a, a no. reason to fade. And that's why you should be buying right now. Or I, the the better strategy might be just to, to wait and r- wait until we get into the season. And because Tommy Tremble is probably going to be on your waiver wire or you can get him for a song like he's he's not going to play a ton right away. So maybe wait, because I, I think at this time next year, he's going to be the clear cut starter because I don't think Ian Thomas is going to be back. I don't think Darren Arnold's a long term solution. Uh, so that's just one to keep an eye on. The other one, Kate, is a one that I think could be incredibly valuable. And that's the Rams tight end situation, right? Tyler Higby currently going as tight end 17. No Gerald Everett. But the Rams did draft Jacob Harris uh, from UCF, and they called him a tight end during the draft. This is one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. Do you envision Jacob Harris doing anything this year, or do you think this is going to be a redshirt year for him? I think this is a redshirt year. Um, obviously, there is going to be some opportunity. We had the injury to Cam Akers. But, I mean, you mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, like they paid Tyler Higby. Or, sorry, they paid uh, Austin Hooper. They Like, this offense paid Tyler Higby. And nobody talks about yep. the fact that Tyler Higby also got a very uh, – a pretty generous contract, especially considered it was awarded before he truly broke out. He got a four-year $29 million deal for a guy that was essentially unknown at that time. Got $15 million guaranteed, and that was before his breakout, 
which I think says a lot about the Rams and what they consider uh, to be Tyler Higby's ceiling. We've seen him uh, be very productive on the field when it comes to uh, you know his splits with and without Gerald Everett. I do think this is going to be the Tyler Higby show. I think they like Tyler Higby a lot. And this is the the thing where if if everybody got burned by Tyler Higby last season, I'm looking to send some offers. I agree. I think Tyler Higby's a little underrated right now. Tight end 17 feels awfully low for an offense that I think just about everybody projects to finish as what, a top seven, top eight yep. offense in the NFL. Um, and certainly with a more competent quarterback, we saw Tyler Higby, you know, 2019, 734 yards, three touchdowns. Even last year, you know, 500 yards and five touchdowns. I think he's going to be much better than that. And you can get him even cheaper. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.